welcome everyone back to After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I am Kyle Hall, and I am joined. I I met this guy about a month ago, maybe, and uh, I've I've said his name several times as the announcer at a couple different racetracks and and watching him race, but never really kind of, you know, dove into the driver. Uh, and we met at a kids' night. And I interviewed him just super brief, and uh, and he let me know a little tidbit that that he is a little older than the average guy climbing through the window of a late model. And I said, man, we have to meet this guy. And after the checkers and he's, he's gracious enough to spend a, a half an hour of his extremely busy day with us. Um, and I, I thank you for doing this. I would like everyone to meet Clarence Washburn. How are you doing Clarence? I am doing fine. Awesome. Awesome. So um, without, without outing you completely, but, but you're, you're pretty willing to share your age with everyone. Tell us how old you are. Well, uh, June 21st of this year, I was 79 years old, 79 Nine. years old. Yes. I, yep. it's, it, and still a, a full time, not, a uh, you know, once a month race car driver, but you are a full time, just like everyone else, late model driver climbing through the window and you you just shared with me you're still working pretty full time and farming on the side like you're 79 you understand you're supposed to be kind of winding down a little bit right that's what everybody tells me but i don't know what i would do <laughs> i would be i don't know what i would do i mean i enjoy everything i'm doing you know and that's why i'm still racing a race car because i still enjoy it granted you know at my age i'm not as aggressive and and as good as i was 15, 10 years ago, yeah. but I still enjoy it. So, well, I would tell you that, uh, I wish a little more people had that. Uh, I wish I was a little less aggressive kind of a thing. Like there's, I, I think, I think the sport would be more fun if there was less aggression. Yeah. It, it, you know, when, when you're young, of course you, you got a lot more nerve. And of course, when you're young, you like to work hard and, and probably <laughs> work on the race car more. Sure. When you get a little older, you don't like fixing like you did when you were young, you know, right. and when I was young, when I first started, I mean, I had episodes where we did a lot of fixing because I was more aggressive, but as you get older and as you spend more time behind the wheel, you get, more comfortable and you just kind of get into a rhythm and that's the way it is yeah you know? yeah, now, yeah now it's uh technology is is what it's so much about now you know years ago we didn't have that technology i mean we took cars they were stock cars uh stock frames and that and, and that's what we had to work with to make them work you know uh there was no coilovers there was no fancy shocks or nothing yeah you know, so. or even race tires i would imagine you're just racing on no tires well, yeah when i started in 1970 it was you know it was just a regular passenger car tires you know yeah. and that yeah. was in a sportsman class that i ran for quite a few years before i decided to jump into a late model you know so that's crazy so how uh it, so you've been in what is called a late model for how long? Like when, when, when did you make that jump? Uh, 1978 is when I got my first late model. Okay. Uh, and the sportsman yeah. before that today would be, is that a, like a street stock today? Yeah. Or a... it, yeah. They call it a sportsman car. Like you had a, a three quarter ton, uh, truck rear end underneath of it. Uh, the right front was, a. Uh, 
uh, a spindle off from a, a three quarter ton pickup, you know, sure. just for strength. And, yeah. For strength. Yeah. But yep. it was a, it was a stock stub 57 Chevrolet cars, what it was, you know, and we raced that for three, four years, three years, I think it was. And then we shortened it up when they changed the wheelbase, we shortened it up to a Chevy two little they call it a deuce yep and then i ran that until 1978 and then we we raced back then we used to race three nights a week we raced wilmer on friday night we raced Rhode island saturday night and redwood sunday night you know and uh then all of a sudden i mean i had some track championships back then and people said well you should really move up a class you know well what classes there is late model was all there was there yeah, because then there class. was just there was two classes. There was two classes. Yeah, that's right. Yep, that's all there was. You know? Yeah. So, so I bought my first late model, and there. And, and so, uh, take us through what. So what what was a late model? What is late it model? was? It was a stock. It had a stock front stub on it, and that and it was called a Sanger car from down in Iowa. We bought okay. it. And uh, it was used, and it was pretty well used up. And uh, yeah, it was. We <laughs> raced at Grove. Yeah, we raced at Grove City and Wilmer with it. And uh, yeah, it was it was a late model, but it wasn't much of a late model. I mean, it was a good learning experience and everything, you know. And I only had that one for one year, and then I ended up bought a 1980, I think it was. We bought that first Howell car, and that's still a stock stock stub car you know sure. it was tube on back and we had that until i think it was 84 80 yeah it must have been 84 and that's the one when i took that bad wreck out at madison speedway with it and uh kind of destroyed that one and then we got it fixed up and we came back and raced the rest of the year up at grove city and and that with it and then i bought a I think it was an SSR or SSR out of Fremont, Nebraska. And we had that one until 1987. And then in 1987, we bought our first tube front car. Okay. And every, and that's when we went to the small blocks. Otherwise, all we ever ran was big block Chevy. Big block Chevys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So and what that, is appearance wise, your first, you know, late seventies, early eighties is a, is a late model then anywhere close to what we look at a late model today appearance wise no nope not even close uh you got to go back to the camaro style with a okay. little spoiler on the back that's kind of what we ran back in them days yep. yeah. with with, with the camaro bumper the shaped bumper and that sort of yep. stuff it wasn't there. a big nose cone like now yep yep it was just like the camaro bumper and everything yes. you know and then when we got into uh Oh, I think 87 is when we started. That's when we went with that NASCAR series, you know, and okay. then they had the, the nose piece and the body and everything had to be, you know, and there was no wedge cars or nothing like right. that. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, yeah. So, and then we had that, we had a Shaw car and that's the one we started up at Alexandria in 1987 and ran that series up there. And, uh, Oh, they had some of them like the challenge series, but they called it, but uh, 
the NASCAR series, you know. Yep, I remember uh, NASCAR being in Alexandria. Yep, Joe yeah. Kosinski, uh, Ray Gus Jr., uh, all that, you know, was, yeah, nope, so. Nice. So I, I did a little bit of research um, in into the, 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 the way things have changed during the 52, 53-year career of Clarence Washburn. So when you started racing, a car, so I could I could go down to a, a Chevy Ford dealership and, and the average car cost 2750 bucks when you started racing. Yeah. Um, an annual income in the United States was 8000 bucks a year. And a house was 15000 bucks a year. Like it just, it baffles me to think of the things that have changed. Um, uh, my favorite thing, maybe that, that, and maybe this isn't a coincidence that the Hot Wheels car came out about the same exact time that you started racing. So if there's, there's maybe a, a correlation between Hot Wheels, little matchbox, little race cars and Clarence Washburn being a race car driver, maybe there's a, a you know, a parallel there. There's something to it, but um, I just a world population in when you started racing was 3.5 billion people. And today we're at 8 billion people. It's just the things that have changed during your just your racing career, let alone your life, um, uh, because you I mean, you were you started racing pretty damn late in life based on today. You know, I mean, we have, you know, 12 and 13 year olds racing late models today and we have you know, 12, 13 year olds and modifieds and B mods and that sort of stuff. You were, you were way late twenties, if not 30 before you ever got in a race car, right? Yeah. I think I was probably 26, you know, I suppose is what I was, yeah. you know, when, when I was younger <clears throat> in high school, I used to drag race. That was a big deal back then, yeah. you know, yeah. the local guys, you know, we'd go out in the highway and that, go out you know? find a straight piece of road. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and I've always been, you know, kind of a nut for speed in that, you know, well, then in 1970, or no, 1968, I jumped in uh, uh, and started racing snowmobiles. And I raced snowmobiles okay. from 1968 till 1976. And then I decided, you know what, I think the race car is more important than the snowmobiles. Yeah. And that's when I really kind of got into the full swing of the racing, you know, and that. Sure. So. There's, I, I think about, um, my dad used to race snowmobiles and, and he had some unbelievable crashes that, that were, where like you, like you, your career certainly wouldn't have been 50 years long had you stayed with snowmobiles for sure. No, no. that's for sure. Yeah. And so, uh, so I'm super glad that you, that you made the switch to uh to a cage to get in a roll cage i guess that's a good question was there was there a roll cage in your first race car oh yes yeah oh, okay yeah. Yeah. so, yeah. so yeah. safety yeah. was still a, a thing yep okay that's pretty awesome and then but no certain no race seats or i mean that kind of thing you probably had some sort of helmet on but it certainly wasn't the big full face helmet no. that you run today no no and the seat was uh I don't remember what that car had. It, it had it had kind of a aluminum seat in it, you know. Really? Okay. Some padding in it, you know. Yeah. Yep. You know. 
And it wasn't until 19, when you got into the early 80s or middle 80s is when when safety became a big issue. Right, you yeah. Know, that's I'm when sure people started got... getting hurt and then it, it became, yep. like, hey, we're going to, we got to do something about this. Yep, yep, yeah. that's right. That's yep. right, you know, so. So um, let's go through the changes. So you're just, and for, I'm sure people ask you this all the time, but biggest difference between a car today and a car back then is is what is it technology is it suspension is it uh frame body aerodynamics or is it all of it it's all of it yeah. everything you know and that was that's the hard thing at at my age to get uh used to is the technology you know the cars are so much more drivable and they're so much faster i mean you know uh when i started up at alex in 1987 you were probably you know, we had 355 motors. Uh, the cars hey, weighed 2450, you know, I mean, and they, they were fast, yeah. but they wasn't as controllable as the ones we've got now, you know. And the aerodynamics back then, the, we didn't it know exists. about aerodynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, you talk to anybody that's racing these late models now, especially on big tracks, you know, the air on the front end and coming over the spoiler and across the front, I mean, has a lot, a yeah. lot of difference yeah. in it. That's where know? a lot of your downforce comes from so that you can go into yep. that turn at a hundred miles an hour and stick to the ground. Yep. You're yeah. right. You know, yeah. Yep. Yep. What kind so, of speeds back in the, like you're, so in Alexandria, even back then was still the same track that it is today. Half mile, big, big. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of speeds were you, I mean, were you doing 70, 80? already then, oh or? i suppose yes yes you know because uh right now you take and i'm using the gears that we used to run up at alex you know and mm -hmm. to what you would run now you're probably 30 35 points off faster now wow you know? you used to run 588s 592s 5s if it really got fast 572s and now you're probably down in 529 yeah. 5 35s you know There's so, so much yeah. more power to be able to pull it oh yeah 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 yep, yep. you know so yep that's in 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 prep work was basically pound the pound whatever dents we got last week and let's go like you know maybe change the oil or something like that but then you were right back to racing like there was no tire grinding or or like there was none of that right well no when we started in 87 up at up at alexandria we hit on them they call it a, a Mercury tire, which was yeah. an EC2. It was as hard as, well, it was hard. Yeah. And those tires, you know, uh, you, we never touched them. I mean, you know, we just took and uh, ran them week in and week out. When, when they got so so old or hard, you know, you'd put new ones on the back. The front one, we used to run them half a year, you wow. know. You wow. know, so, you know. Isn't that crazy to think about, like, the... So like now you, I mean, you, I would argue that in your class where, you know, your features are always, you know, 30, 40, 50 laps long, like your, your tires never touch the track twice. Well, the right rear pretty much doesn't, you yeah. know, if, and if you do, you, you, you take it off and, and you grind it, you know, or, or, you know, we can't siphon them or anything yeah. like that, but you do run that buffer over top and try and get some, some of the some grid fresh, off and, and get the fresh. glaze off from it, yeah, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. Like there's so many, 
I think we could talk for hours on just the things that are different between, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and, and today. Um, so is it, do you recall what you paid for your first race car, Clarence? Boy, maybe that first late model, I think it was $2,500 I paid for that thing. And that and, was and a that roller. Was a bundle, I bet you. Yeah, that was a lot of money back in those days. But it was a complete roller, came with six tires. Uh, it showed up Christmas or uh, New Year's night. We bought it. Uh, the guy delivered it. And all we had to do, the transmission and everything was in it. And all we did was put a big block motor in it. And when spring come, we went racing up Grove City and Wilmer with it, you know. That's awesome. And the big block motor, I think, was, I don't remember, maybe $2,500 too, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was a 454, you know. Right. And it, there was nothing fancy about it, you know. I had a set of headers on it. and That was it. All you know? cast iron. Oh yeah, all yeah. cast iron, you know. Yeah. And then when we got into the pump gas, in, I'm sure there was no. It was there race gas then. Nope, nope. Yeah. It was just pump gas, you know. Yep. And then when we bought the Howl car, that's when the first we had a 460 and a 468 big block, and they had aluminum heads on them, you know. And that was the first aluminum. You know, those cars weighed 2850, 2850 pounds. Yep. Is what they yep. weighed, you know. And then when we got got some extra money, we built the 481, and that only lasted four or five nights because the walls are so thin, you know. Right, and yeah. you didn't have the cooling like we got now, you know. Sure. You know, didn't run the alcohol, so you had to run gas, which they run hot, you know. So that's it's, oh yeah, it just, it's. I'm sitting here just with a big grin on my face, like thinking of all of the like I just I love the nostalgia and the history of our sport. Um, and I was, I certainly wasn't around my, I had a brother that raced just one year. He had, it was, he was, he had cancer and it was his literal dying wish. Uh, and that was 1988. And, uh, and so we, that's kind of, I, I watched races prior to that, but that's really when my love of dirt track racing came about was in 1988 and, and, uh, kind of been hooked ever since, but you know, so, so my, in my 15 year old head in 1988 was, was that those are my memories of back then. And it was the first offset modifieds and, and, you know, where the, the tires were way out further on the right hand side and the, and you basically sat over the left side tires and, yep. and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know that I saw a late model for a decade after that, like they're like where I, you know, I'm from, we just, their late models never came around kind of a thing. And so, uh, modified was definitely the biggest class and and so to hear all this cool stuff about about my favorite class late models my favorite class it's not even there isn't the second place even in the in the conversation as far as how much I like late models so um is it is it more fun today or it was it more fun back in the day well it is more fun now because uh you know just just the adrenaline the speed and everything, you know, uh, I think we had more fun back there racing together, you know, yeah. now it's got to be, uh, it's so competitive and it's, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's still fun, yeah. but it's really competitive, you know, and, and I mean, uh, you, 
got to stay on top of your game, you know, and uh, just, just the sheer just, money that's into it. Like there's, I mean, it's, it, it, we talked a little while ago, $15,000 was a house back then. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and, and now $15,000 is what you have in shocks in your trailer. Yeah. You and, know, and you know, motors back there, you go back, uh, 87 that first 355 or 358 that i had was a 6500 dollars motor yeah you know now yeah. that same motor is 23 28 000, you right. know it's you just know, i mean everything has got you know uh and and granted the thing of it is now is the, the quality that we're getting you know they last longer you yeah. know if you yeah. maintain them and take care of them you know and that you know they, they last a lot longer you know we just took a motor out that was uh well it was what three years old you know oh goodness and, and it had like 42 shows on it you know and it should have been freshened last year but we we just didn't didn't have time to get it in and out you know right. so, yeah yep and uh but now you know we just put a new one in here two weeks ago you know that we're starting to play with yep. so get her dialed and in and, and uh so is there like when do you are you gonna hang the helmet up well i don't plan on it yet yeah not until you're old <laughs> I, right you know yeah. it it's i still enjoy it uh and you know i mean i go out there and i try and stay out of troubles and not get into troubles you know but i've had people that's got me into troubles this year yeah uh, yeah you know, we just had a deal Friday night down in Mon down in Fairmont that was a bad deal, you know. And that uh, we got stuffed in the wall here a week ago up at Montevideo, you know, trying to pass something. I'm not one that likes to run against the wall. I sure. I like the middle of the tracker in the bottom, you know. And that, But the only way you could pass out there, you had to go up on the top. And I was in the wrong place at the right time. Yeah. and got walked yeah. into the wall. But but no, but you'll have that. Uh, you I get on a know. racetrack, there's going to be an accident from time to time, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yep. No doubt about it. You know? Yep. And I oh, guess as far right. as hanging up the helmet, as long as my health stays with me and, uh, you know, I guess I, I plan on keeping going, you know, for uh, I would like to get another year in to say, well, now I hit 80. Now, now's the time maybe to hang it up. Yeah. 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 So. so in all of your years racing, who, who, you know, 50 plus years, five, six decades that you, that you've been getting in a race car. Is there, is there, who, who is the guy that you love to beat the most? <laughs> well, I, we got to go back to the Alex track and I think that would be Jeff Weldon. And Jeff was a super nice guy and he always was, you know, but he, it went, what, he started out in the modified and jumped up in the late model. And there was a couple of years there where, where he was learning where I had a little more experience, but at the end, Jeff got good. Jeff got really good, you know? And so he kind of overtook me and uh, I still look up to him. I mean, he was a, he was a good racer and everything. So, but I think that is probably the one guy that I've raced with a lot that uh, probably is the one that I would look up to. Yeah. You know? yeah. The so, one to measure if if you were if you're running with him, you were doing good. Yeah. yeah. You betcha. Yeah. You betcha. Yep. 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 Nice. So. Um so this is the the sixty four thousand dollar question here is is if you you can only race today 
knowing what you know now, or you could only race the first 10 years of your career. You could run the first 10 years or the last 10 years. Which which era would you race in if you could only race for 10 years? Oh, I think I would stick with this era right now. Yep. I really do. Uh, it's more competitive. It's it's for the people in the grandstand to sit and watch. I mean, nobody really, once in a while, you get somebody that will run away with the show. Mm-hmm. But most of it is, you know, pretty tight. the cars are pretty competitive that everybody's got, you know. So I think this would be the era that I would say, you know, would be the best yeah. right now. Yeah. I would agree with you. I wasn't around, obviously, back in the in the sixties, seventies, certainly not the eighties that I remember. But but I, I think we are absolutely in the in the best era of racing, whether it be from the the sport mod Hornet, like all the way down to those guys, all the way up to you guys in the late models. The 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 level of talent, the level of of. Uh, craftsmanship of ingenuity like there's just so many really really great things about racing today that that are awesome like there's there's there are a couple things I'd change for sure there is but it is this might be the golden age of of race car right now right yeah yeah you know you know and and you got to look at you know the younger generation you know you look at them a lot of those young people started out in go-karts and yes. work their way up into yeah. maybe not into a late model right away. But if you look at some of the late model drivers now, they were, they, they started in a go-kart right? Yep. You know, yeah. and, and worked themselves up into maybe a B mod or a super stock, you know, and now there's, you know, they've jumped into late models, you know, and they're good. I mean, yeah. they're, they're good. You know, they understand the technology and everything that's with these things and that. So, yep. 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 And, and are under control. Like that's the thing that I always, as a, as a spectator and as an announcer, I, I, I very much feel myself as just a professional spectator when I'm announcing a race and, and you, you know, when you look down and you see that there's a 12 year old in a late model or, or any car for that matter, you think, oh my gosh, is this kid going to be able to control this around other cars and have the temperament and, and, just the decision-making ability to run safely with all these other cars. And more often than not, their decision-making ability is superior because a 12-year-old has has probably been racing half of their life. You know right. what I mean? Yep. And so, because yep. they were probably in a go-kart when they were five or six. And yep. so this is, man, I've been, I've been making these decisions to whether I go to the outside of this guy or the inside of this guy, or do I, do I bump them a little bit or do I hang back and wait for him to make a mistake? Or, you know, you, they've been making that decision for half of their life. And so yep, it's second yep. nature by the time they're 12, 13, 14 years old kind of thing. So that's, that's it, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, well, man, I, I think we could stay in this section for, for days listening to your stories and listening to the, the changes and the, and the fun stuff that you've experienced. Uh, but the show's got to go on. So, we, we move on to the next section of the show. It's called the YourMTH.com Rapid Fire Questions, and it's sponsored by Minnesota Trek Headquarters. Um, if you if you haven't gone to YourMTH.com yet, everybody listening, please go there. If you're looking for a car, give them an opportunity to earn your business. So um, what this is, Clarence, is, is five questions that 
Some have to do with racing. Some don't have to do with racing. Uh, but it's it's five rapid fire questions. And so the first question is, what was your first job? My first job was cleaning calf pens. Clean and 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 that was on the family farm, or was that a was that a a paying job? Nope. I used to go over and and help a neighbor and my uncle. And okay. That's what I did when I was a young boy when I couldn't drive. I'd so that go was over there and clean calf pens. Nice for money. It, and what what did that pay? One whole day would pay me ten dollars. That's not bad, really. <laughs> That's not so bad. I expected that to be like a, a dollar an hour kind of thing. Maybe that was a dollar an hour. Maybe that well, is. that was it. You yeah. went at eight and come home at 530 at night. So yeah. 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 And you got dinner. Remember, you got free dinner. Too. There was benefits to this job already. Like that is. Yeah. yeah that was nice. <laughs> that was nice. That's I guess that's. That's not so bad, really. I mean, when you think about it for the day, because. Because what, what year would that have been? Probably uh, 1955, 57 in there, yeah. 50, probably 57, 58. Yeah. You know? yep. yeah. So that's yep. probably not too far off from what, you know, what your dad was making, doing whatever he was doing. Probably he wasn't making no 15 bucks an hour or anything like that. No, no, no. no yeah. No, yeah. No. So perfect. So that's your first job. Um, this is a racing question here is what is the craziest memory that you have of racing in your, in your 50 plus years of racing? What is the, is it, you know, riding on an open trailer, going down the road, changing gears or working on the race car? Or is it, uh, is it, uh, some crazy crash you had or uh, just a amazing battle or, or a after party in the middle of a racetrack? What's, what's the craziest memory? The craziest memory is we were going over to Cedar Lake, Wisconsin, and there's there's a scale over there. This is back probably in uh, 80, well, let's see, probably 90, mid-90s, going over to Cedar Lake, Wisconsin, and my brother-in-law and his wife and three kids had a station wagon. And anyway, we had a pickup. Yeah, we had the pickup then, I think, yeah, this must have been mid mid late 80s early 90s okay. but anyway we ended up we had to get her on that scale so my brother-in-law says follow me and i followed him we went into hudson and we ended up going down a dang bike trail oh, through a park to get back to the highway so that's on the other side of the, the scale craziest thing that ever happened in oh my area. goodness like probably dirt at that like like just a trail through the woods yeah, it was a trail through the woods, all right. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. That is an awesome story. See, yep. those are the things you got to do to get to the racetrack without... That's right, because we didn't want to go across that scale, because if we'd have went across the scale, we'd probably still be sitting there. So. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Okay, so that's question number two. Um, today, at 79 years old, how much time is spent prepping a race car on a weekly basis like how many how many hours per week are you working on the number three well probably well let's see probably 12 14 hours a week every week just just maintenance on it and that you know and that's without you know 
pounding out some dense sheet metal and that, yeah. you know, I That's would if say everything well, went good last weekend. It's 12. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. last weekend we spent, uh, we spent a little more than that on it already. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So. so that was, you had a, a, a pretty good wreck on Friday and, and got stuffed in the wall a little bit. And so there's even more, like if there's suspension components and you, you had told me you had to put a new nose cone and everything on, yep. then yep. obviously we're, we're up into that 2025 20, hours probably. You're right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, do you have a nickname? Does Clarence Washburn from from back in the day, or is it is it just Clarence Washburn? Well, let's go back to the the early uh, in the mid 70s. They used to call me the Flying Farmer, and uh, I took and how I got away from that name is is I had a bad wreck out in Madison, Minnesota in 1984 and i decided that flying farmer was no longer going to be my nickname that wasn't because did you did you did you leave the track and you were an actual flying farmer yep i left the track that on top of the guardrail and it went three three and a half times end over end on oh. a couple times on the guardrail and then down on the track yep bad yep. deal yeah i cracked some ribs bruised some yeah it was that was a bad one yeah nope that's yep. that's been your worst crash uh that was the worst one i did have up at alex uh i don't forget what year it was probably in mid 90s uh there was two cars ahead of me and i was in third and one of them lost a piece of lead that came in underneath the car and took the clutch or the brake pedal out and broke my ankle on my left leg oh like so just hit the bottom of the car it. and just the concussion broke your ankle. Yeah. It yeah. actually the, the lead hit hit and snapped the brake pedal off. And and that's what broke my ankle. So oh. it come underneath the car up through the firewall. That's that's uh I've seen some drive shafts do that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. no, this was this was a piece of lead that came off one of the first first or second place car yeah, never yeah. did find out which one but one okay. of them did you know, that's that's the, that's, that's the lead you don't go get with, back that's when they came where you had to put your number on your lead right yep so yep we need to know who's responsible right right yep. exactly yep. um so this is a question that i've like i have for this rapid fire questions thing I've, I've Googled a lot of questions and then I've, I've written down whenever I'm traveling, I always bring a book, um, uh, like a little notebook kind of a thing. And I write down questions in there that kind of pop into my head when I'm driving or sitting, being thoughtful, whatever it is. And I, and this question is meant for a guy that isn't 79 years old. Uh, but I saw that question as I was preparing your questions and I thought, this maybe is the perfect question for Clarence Washburn. And the question is, is when you're 80, what will have been important in your life? Hmm. Now that, you know, I guess family has, you know, our, my two daughters and my wife, my wife went 33 years when we were racing all the time and missed three races. The daughters wow. have always been part of the family, you know, and they still are. I mean, yeah. they still come to the races with me and everything, you know, and the son-in-laws. So I guess I would have to fall back and say family is probably number one. 
I mean, to keep this, to stay with it this many years, I mean, there's been good times and bad times and, and tough times, but yeah. I would think that, you know, and everybody enjoyed it. I mean, you know, I had a brother-in-law, I had a sister-in-law, their family grew up around it, you know, right. and that, you know, and, and my brother-in-law worked, I mean, he was with me for years, you know, so I guess I would have to say that, you know, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything else right now. I yeah. mean, you know, so. So family, family and yep. then racing. Yep. Family and racing. Yep. Nice. Love it. Okay. So <laughs> that's the yourmth.com rapid fire questions. Uh, the last section here that we do, Clarence, is called the pay it forward question. And, and it's my, my last guest, the guy I last interviewed is going to ask you a question and then you get to ask my next guest a question. And so the guy, it, this couldn't have worked out better on both halves, I think, is the guy who was my last uh, guest is a guy by the name of Fritz Myers. And he is a, uh, I think Fritz is 28. No, he's got to be older than that. He's got to be in his early 30s, 32, 33, something like that. And is a brand spanking new super stock driver. Rookie season. Uh, has never like his first laps ever were, were in 2022 in a dirt car. Um, and his question for you, and I thought this is a pretty great question for a guy that has had as much experience in racing as you is what keeps you going when the times are super tough and you, you just alluded to it. There's, there's obviously been some really great times and some good times, some bad times and some probably really, really tough times in racing. So what, when, when the, when the, when you're in the dips of the racing career, what, what, where does Clarence turn to, to keep, keep jumping in that car and keep going? Well, that's a question that's going to be hard to answer, but I would think probably it's, you, you, you did it for so long that it's part of your life. So that's no matter how tough it gets, you still enjoy it. So you just put up with it and, and keep thinking, well, it's going to get better. It's yeah. going to get better. Yep. And I think that would be what I would think, you know, that's what I think, you know, No, that makes perfect sense. You've done it for so long. It's, it's like breathing. Like you, like, what are you going to, like, you can't stop breathing. You can't stop racing. That's right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing you got to remember, you know, there, there's a cure for alcohol. There's a cure for drugs but I don't know of a cure for racing. No, the only thing I know about racing is if you run out of money, then, then, you, then, then that's the <laughs> then cure. But I, I would argue you'll find a way to find the money. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Yep. 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 There's, so. there's plenty of people that jump in race cars that absolutely financially should not be jumping in race cars. And, yeah, that's and right. uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, like I always, I had a brother who who passed away from cancer, and and I always said that you can, if you equate those that terminology, cancer terminology to racing, that I've I've known a lot of people that have gotten into remission from from racing. You know, they they think they've retired from racing and they're out for two, three, four, hell, maybe they're out for five, ten years. Somehow, all of a sudden, you see their their number roll out over the hill, and you're like, I wonder if that's Suey call it. You go to my race pass and sure enough, that's a guy that re yep. retired from racing five years ago. And now he's, 
there's this brand new car rolling out over onto the onto this the the racetrack and he's back in it again so yep yep you're you're, you're always going to relapse and so i love your strategy that just if you never go into remission if you never quit then you don't have to you don't have to come back that's right yeah i love yep. it i love it so um yeah. so that's a perfect answer your you are now responsible to ask my next guest a question and my next guest is a guy that's that's uh he's he certainly hasn't raced as long as you but he's he's probably got as many laps on the racetrack as you and that is Shane Sabraski. Uh Shane just got his 800th feature win um a couple weeks ago and we're going to have him back on the show. He's already been a guest of mine once and we're going to have him back on the show to talk about as I call it the first 800 wins. And and um so what what would your question to Mr. Sabraski be? Well, I would probably ask him if uh, if he's still enjoying it that much that keeps him growing that strong. All right. Do you? And he must enjoy it that much or he wouldn't, you know, because he is he is that good. I mean, you know, yeah. and he's got lots of laps behind him. So. He must be enjoying it that that much. I know I have asked him just privately, does it ever get old? And and Roland, I mean, two wins a night, six wins a weekend, like, does it ever get old? And and before you get the sentence out of your mouth, Shane is very quick to say, No, no, it doesn't no. get old. Yep. Like it doesn't. Yep. Like I if if I can win one more, I'm gonna win one more. And I he he's the first to admit that he is never in, in, I don't know what must be a 30 year career for him, probably or real damn close. I would think um, uh, he is never let off to let someone get their first win or like, no, like if you're going to beat me, you're going to freaking earn it kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. So, yep. So awesome. Well, Clarence, I, I can't thank you enough for taking a little bit of time and, and please thank your daughters for me as well, because it was, it was a lot of them. You, you, you're, you're fully admit that you're not a technology guy and this is nothing but technology that we're doing right now. And so, uh, uh, so please thank your daughters, uh, for, for getting us together and, uh, and making this work for us. And I, I very much hope to see, I hope that I get to, uh, to interview 80 year old Clarence, uh, that pulls onto the Granite City Clay next summer for the challenge series. Well, we'd have been there last night if you wouldn't have rained out. Well, that was, I, believe me, man, I, there was nobody happy that that happened because all of the, it was our track championship. It was the challenge series. Uh, it was, there was, it was going to be a phenomenal last night of points racing at the track and uh, nobody was happy that it happened, but the weather is the weather and uh, in, in, that's probably maybe the one thing that hasn't changed in racing. Is the weather the weather's gonna win every time the weather shows up? Yep, and that's one thing we cannot control. No. So that that we gotta go with whatever's gonna happen. So, exactly. So yep. So I thank you. I appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing us uh some stories with you. And for those watching, um if if you see the number three late model pull into the racetrack, go shake the guy, find find your way into the pits and go shake the guy's hand and thank him for a 50-year career of uh of entertaining all of us. So Thank you very much. It's Clarence Washburn on After the Checkers, everybody. Thank you.